In this episode, we talk to Cam Ayala, who is a lymphedema patient and advocate. Cam also has a TEDx talk, ABC, Always Be Courageous, Turning Tragedy into Triumph. Having also featured in The Bachelorette and The Bachelor in Paradise, Cam talks to us about the resilience needed post-reality TV. However, primarily, we discuss the mental strength and channeling the courage it takes to deal with physical pain and challenges. Hey, what's going on, ladies? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How are you doing? This is going to be probably as real as it gets. I just got out of my physical therapy session. Um, So in a little bit of pain, but that's okay. We're going to get through it. So other than that, I'm great. And I'm also, I'm using an iPad in the back of my mom's car doing a podcast interview with ladies who live on the other side of the world. to be joined by our next guest all the way from the US of A. So thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you ladies for having me. And I am in Houston, so I'm in the deep south. So if I say y'all a lot, that's just, that's part of my southern twang. So hopefully y'all understand it. And would you like to introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about who you are? Sure, sure. So... Uh, I think you and I, Sophie, we got um, linked up on Instagram and that was going to be one of the questions I had for you. I didn't know, um, and excuse me if you're not public about this, are you a lymphedema patient also? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's the connected thread because I think we had some mutual friends and uh, even though there's like over literally 200 million people in the world who have lymphedema, there's, I feel like the online social media space is a pretty small world. So yeah, I think that's how you and I got originally connected. And, um, and I hadn't really had a chance to obviously talk to you in this capacity. So this is, this is exciting just to get to know you and, uh, and your lovely co-host, but, but just high level about me. Uh, so I'm a lymphedema patient advocate. So I spent a lot of time working with nonprofits here in the United States, advocating for lymphedema patients, educating different doctors, uh, physicians, and researchers about um, standard of care. And then I also represent um, a medical device company. So I do medical device sales. So, uh, and then if you want to know the personal life, um, I was on a reality TV show in the United States called The Bachelorette and The Bachelor in Paradise. So that's kind of what gave me the platform on on Instagram to to really make it all about my lymphedema. So I'm glad I am because now I'm talking to you lovely ladies. <laughs> that's so cool. For, for people out there who maybe don't know what lymphedema is, could you just give us maybe a brief overview for the listeners? Absolutely. Um, and I think one of the ways that I like to, to describe it is to, to really understand someone's, um, you know, condition or uh, disease or whatever their, you know, health issues are, if you can tell it to the other person in the most relatable way that they may have uh, experienced in their own way, like a symptom of it, that's what I find is helpful when I'm describing lymphedema. And most people, you know, they could say, yeah, at some point, I think I've, I've sprained my ankle. And I'm like, yeah, do you remember that pain when it like started to swell up and it wouldn't go away? And they tell you, hey, you need to put ice on it you need to rest and you need to compress well basically with lymphedema that means you have an impaired lymphatic system it can be really anywhere in your body where you're going to have to deal with oftentimes chronic swelling unfortunately uh has no no cure it's just something that has to be managed throughout the course of of your life but it's something that um is definitely manageable and with the right positive attitude and the right routine in place 
uh, patients can live normal lives, just like me. Most, most people would never think that Sophie and I had lymphedema just because of our outward appearance. And uh, am I right in thinking, Cam, that you are you had primary lymphedema? Yes, that is correct. So um, there's there's basically just high level two different types of lymphedema. There's the primary, you know, the hereditary that you're born with it, um, and then there's secondary, which is most common, where patients uh, acquire lymphedema. It can be from things like breast cancer or really any surgical intervention or, or trauma to the body that can impair the lymphatic system. But yes, I was I was born with it. And it was about age 11 is when I started to, to show the swelling and knew that something was different with my body. So I'm secondary, secondary I am. Um, so I got it after surgery from cervical cancer. And so I had lymph nodes removed in my groin. And yeah, so I've had it now for about seven years. And, and did you did you swell like immediately after after the cancer treatment because yeah. some patients can go years without having any symptoms and then just randomly oh, why are my legs swelling now yeah so mine was immediately um so as soon as i had um my surgery it yeah straight away it's it, it swelled up swollen up um and they the doctors didn't really pre-warn me about it um no, so it was a little bit of a no, shock no. and the nurses had never seen it like that before um so i had lots of people keep coming in having a look so um yeah it was all very strange and right it's 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 bad enough you're in the hospital bed but then when you have people looking at you like you're some you know guinea pig lab rat like, believe me i've been there too and it's not fun very strange so did you know um about lymphedema before you were diagnosed like had you ever heard of it before no no uh, you know age 11 and um that was you know back in the year 2000 2000 watch new so people weren't just going on google and google searching hey lymphedema it was basically just kind of the pamphlet that they gave you most of those if, if you you know where you're from if they show you these pictures of these patients are like the most extreme cases like for these legs or arms are so huge it's like to me when i saw those images and that's where i was kind of scared into like I better be compliant and do everything that I'm told to or else I'll end up like that yep that's true definitely they show you the worst case and they don't actually show you people like us living day-to-day -day lives good lives happy lives and just managing it so can you tell us a little bit more about like how you felt when you figured out there was something a little bit different maybe about you so what was going on like in your mind at that point yeah um and, and that's a great question because you know that's that was age 11 and like picture yourself at age 11 you were probably well making assumption but most 11 year old children you know they are playing sports with their friends they're causing you know mayhem in the neighborhood they're just they're being normal healthy kids right so that was the lifestyle that I knew growing up, like up to age 11, I played three different sports competitively, football, baseball, basketball, and I thrived at them. So when I was going through that first growth spurt of, uh, I, I was about six foot tall in the sixth grade. So I keep, I keep forgetting the, the metrics uh, conversions, but I was pretty tall for, for uh, an 11 year old boy, but my right leg was, was shorter than my left leg. So that was like the first, visible sign that I knew something was different and it wasn't until 
after they did surgery on that on that right right knee for the first time that then the lymphedema swelling started to happen pretty shortly after kind of like you Sophie you know the way that I felt was I felt well this is going to be the rest of my life like this I'll be lucky if I walk again um I kind of you know in a way given up on some of my dreams to play you know basketball at a high level or to be a super active child but it, it was it was when I worked hard in physical therapy and um you know, I'm, I'm religious, so I prayed about it, and I have a good support uh, system with my with my parents and my sister and my friends that they kind of help instill this work ethic in me to not give up. And so at age 11, I decided, look, I'm not going to let this condition control my life. That is amazing that you had that when you were 11, that determination within you. How has that looked as you've gotten older? How has your mindset developed? I'd love to know more about your mindset. Yeah, um, I'll put it to you this way. It's not easy um, to persevere when, when, the, when the odds are stacked against you. And honestly, like I think that's the age in which I became a man at age 11. I mean, I know there's different rites of passage, you know, this and that, um, and, and regardless of your gender, but like that is the point where I felt that I could not be codependent on other people to take care of me, right? Like at 11 years old, I have to be disciplined to do all of the things that my lymphedema therapist tells me to do, all the things my doctors tell me to do if I want a shot at a normal life, right? Not to even excel uh, at, at athletics or, or anything else I, you know, wanted to take part in. So it, it's a good foundation, definitely. But, um, you know, to, to further answer the question, the older I've gotten, it, I don't want to say that it's gotten easier because, you know, truthfully, it hasn't. Um, the human body is a fascinating but also a frustrating thing because even when you have the right diet and exercise, that doesn't always necessarily mean you're healthy, right? When you have uh, a condition like lymphedema or cancer that can take even the strongest people off the face of the earth, uh, sadly. Um, for me, the past six years has been quite a challenge because I've been on the verge of losing my legs several times and have now had 16 surgeries on this right knee um, since 2014. So finally, I feel like I'm on the up and up, but I mean, there's definitely been days, months where it was very difficult to maintain that positive attitude that fighting me to say, you know, Hey, you're going to get through this. I mean, I wanted to give up a lot. You know, I think that makes me human and I've allowed myself to feel those feelings. Um, but having a, a healthy community like the lymphedema support community on, uh, on social media has been incredible. Uh, I mean, I've had patients literally from all over the world, send me direct messages. And to me, that's the most fulfilling part about taking something like my lymphedema that otherwise could be viewed as, as negative and something that's, you know, a flaw. I now have this as, as a platform and, and really gives my life purpose to, to foster this community and to connect and to learn and to, and to hopefully inspire. So Sai, on your down days and times when it really gets to you, because um, just to let people know, when you have lymphedema, there are many daily things that you have to do. So manual lymphatic drainage massage. Um, you have to wear compression stockings in the daytime and at night. And there's certain things that you should eat and shouldn't eat. And you can't get cuts and scratches because you can get 
um, cellulitis, which could lead to sepsis. Um, so it's very, very, uh, you have to be very careful and there's lots of things that you have to do daily to manage this condition. So there's lots of like physical things that we have to do um, to manage this. But what kind of uh, like mental daily habits do you have to keep you in a strong mindset to be able to get through this mentally? That is a wonderful question and very well asked. Um, and not a super easy answer because I think it um, those coping mechanisms, those um, really just overall perspective with how lymphedema defines me or how I define lymphedema in my in my life has has evolved now of where I'm at at 32 versus where I was at even two years ago. But I would say um, the thing that has has really helped me the most is to really just view every single thing that I do in kind of a risk reward analysis, meaning like, okay, if I'm going to go to a concert and it's hot outside and I want to wear shorts, but I'm embarrassed to wear my compression garment, okay, the risk of me feeling embarrassed, is that really worth me potentially causing harm to my body when I know that it needs compression, right? So the older I've gotten, I've learned to prioritize my body and what my body needs versus what other people's perceptions are of me with how I may look different or how I may not be, you know, the perfect physique or that, that Instagram model S type of individual. Like I just, I don't care about those things anymore. And the fact that I get to help lymphedema patients every day is, is also what keeps fueling my fire to, um, to continue to learn. And like I said, and to hopefully inspire them. I think that helping people is so huge in keeping a healthy mindset. So 11, you really have, as you say, become a man and, you know, had to really find that strength from a very young age. How do you think how you've dealt with all these challenges has influenced your personality and who you are as a person? When you have something like that, and as Sophie was saying, a condition that requires so much daily self-care, right? That takes discipline. So it definitely getting, you know, diagnosed that young did instill um, work ethic and then um, really just empathy for others. Uh, you know, it's easy for kids to, to bully and to tease those that have disabilities. But when you have one yourself, you look at others and you want to help them out and you want to, well, hopefully you should. I mean, that's how it was for me. Uh, it gave me that empathy for others and, um, and to know that building a community is so important because when most people get diagnosed with lymphedema, they just feel so alone. And I just want to let them know that they don't have to be and not everyone's going to be an extrovert. Some people are introvert. You don't have to go and, and be a influencer about lymphedema. But I just, what my, my life's purpose and, and mission and goal is, is to foster this community that is accepting, that is challenging, and that is, you know, hopefully thriving for anybody who wants to take part in it. That's really cool. We, we were actually just doing a podcast earlier, an episode together. And we were talking about, um, like, learning things yourself gaining knowledge gaining wisdom and like working on yourself first and then being able to pass that on to others so it's really cool that you have just described that that you say that that's your life purpose um yeah that's pretty much exactly what we were (laughs) (laughs) were talking about in that episode earlier on so what kind of things because that's really interested me what you've said about 
you know what your body needs as in it needs its compression um and it needs these daily self-care rituals so it really interests me like how did you gain the confidence to 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 have that mindset as in I know I need my compression I know I don't look like everyone else and as you said like I might not have the perfect body because I have swelling in my limbs so where did you gain that inner strength and that confidence from to do your own thing that suits you and your needs so the believe it or not the the true answer to that is it took me going on the bachelorette that reality tv show to gain the confidence to be public about my lymphedema um, and unfortunately, uh, that, this is a whole nother story. We could probably talk over a pint of beer or something, but I did not get a really good, uh, edit. And so a lot of America, uh, or really anyone who watches it across the world kind of had this persona of me being kind of like a villain and they didn't even really air the conversation that I had about my lymphedema and how, you know, much of an important thing it is that whoever I'm with understands it's part of my life. I have to have that daily self-care. So going on that show is what really kind of opened up my, my eyes of, okay, well, now this nonprofit is reaching out to me and they want me to speak at a conference. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed into like, okay, I love public speaking. I used to do sales. I used to do advertising. And now I get to be a part of a community that I'm actually, you know, a patient of and an advocate of. So, um, so having the confidence to, to just kind of take ownership of, of my lymphedema kind of came from me knowing that there's an opportunity to have not only younger male representation in the lymphedema community that has been always kind of primarily skewed as older female, that now we can say that there's many faces of lymphedema. And if I can bring awareness to it and then ultimately evoke change in a patient's quality of life, then that to me is, is what's, what's worth it. So before you were really, really immersed in this community and found your fulfillment from helping other people, were you looking for fulfillment in other areas? Did it take a while to find this alignment? 100%. That's why like, I never would have guessed in a million years that going A on a reality TV show is something I would even do because that's just crazy. No one should ever do that, FYI. Uh, but two, that in doing that would then really changed my entire outlook on what my purpose in life is. So, um, you know, had I, had I not done the show, honestly, I probably would still just be selling software or doing advertising uh, in another city that I'm in and, you know, making money and, 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 you know, doing that whole thing and trying to find my significant other. But I, I definitely probably would have had a void inside me um, that now uh, fortunately gets to be filled every day, even on my sad days. Can we touch upon the effect that maybe reality TV had on your mindset? Was that a challenge or was that something you could just put into a category and box away? Um, unfortunately, with the way that the world is today and with just social media in general is you basically open up Pandora's box to people from all over the world into your personal life if you choose to participate in social media to a lot of hate, a lot of um, just cruel and hurtful and hateful things that are, are said um, unprovoked. So 
it's it is tough to to deal with that in, in the sense that the, I guess the lingering effect that I do have a little bit of PTSD from it. Not not even so much from the cyberbullying that went on for for you know a year and a half as the show was aired, but it was it was mostly in in how the whole production and the network treated my edit when I was nothing but polite to my castmates, to the production team and everybody, but they chose to really give me this terrible edit that just did not personify who I am as an individual. So that's that's what I tell people. The irony is about reality TV is. The more real you are with yourself, the less real they portray you. So um, I had to just deal with that. I mean, they, they have a thing called imposter syndrome where you start to, you know, um, not think that you're worthy of, of success or worthy of doing good in the world because you have this, this kind of lingering guilt or, or shame or self-consciousness. So that um, has definitely gotten better, believe me. Um, but it, it has been tough as of recent, just with some of those lingering things, but with everything that's going on with my health currently. And unfortunately I'm on the recovery path, but that, I mean, the whole recovery from anything that you're going through is just, it's tough in general, whether it's from addiction or chemo or XYZ surgeries, it's not fun, but uh, definitely builds character or it can. <laughs> yeah, another thing that we were talking about is that, like it's the, the like the difficult times that really builds you as a person. Well, I was just gonna say one of my favorite uh, TED talks that I've seen. It's it's from this former um, American football player who had a terrible upbringing. His mother was constantly abused in front of him as a child, so he grew up with a lot of pain. And um, his whole his whole speech, his whole TED talk was about is that there's two sides of pain. There's the physical part that we actually feel and makes us want to quit and give up. But then the other side of pain is the glory. And we don't get that until we go through the pain, right? So once once that the pain passes, that's when, when the glory and, and all the good stuff can be revealed. But I know it sucks in the moment, my goodness, because I'm like in it now and I'm like, hey, let's practice what you preach here, Cam. But it's like, I, I have to continue to believe that there's going to be good that comes from the suffering I'm going through uh, in the current moment. That suffering in the current moment, what tools do you pull upon in your toolkit to get through that? Like what could people learn from you in how you deal with challenges into whatever challenge they're facing, whether it be emotional or, or physical? Because you've obviously got this incredible resilience. What can people learn from your toolkit that you pull upon? find good music. I mean, music has been very therapeutic for me. Uh, that's why I like music from all genre, from classical to hard rock to reggae, you name it. Um, music is always a good constant because when you're in a physical space of pain, music can be a healthy distraction for you. So music has been very key for me. Um, I like to play music myself. So uh, I would say find, find a hobby or a healthy distraction rather that can be your constant that can be that healthy outlet for you. I'd say the faster you come to realize that pain is temporary, you come to the realization that it doesn't have to feel like it's going to be forever. Uh, I think that's why a lot of people's pain can be intensified or stress in general is when you feel like it's never going to get better and it's just going to continue to build. But when you have that, that kind of constant reminder in your head, hey, allow yourself to feel this current moment and for it to be but it's not going to be the end. Everything will be all right. It always is. 
and I don't think that's oblivion. I think I think that's uh, an honest way of of of, of truly viewing, um, you know, a life or, or a world where you're going to have daily pain or stress, like like that comes with lymphedema, for example. So um, I think if uh, if you just practice that daily positive affirmation to yourself, uh, it gets easier. So in these podcasts, we talk a lot about goal setting and that kind of thing. Now, that is obviously very future forward looking, but we also talk about the Mm -hmm. being in the present, being in the moment as well. So how does that work for you? Say if you're going through like a particularly painful time, is your vision on the future, you know, this is going to pass. Can you be really present in those times or does it help you to look forward? So that's a great question because I've, about that quite a bit as a recent um just in the sense that uh for me personally in my current state of, of pain and going through obviously a post-surgery recovery but this can really be applicable to to a lot of different things maybe it's a breakup maybe it's just going through some sort of mental depression or whatever the case may be but i used to say or and, and everyone says oh one day at a time one day at a time which you know i get that but now i'm not holding myself to just that that quick instant gratification out of day. I'm telling myself now, hey, one week at a time because things are going to fluctuate from day to day. So I can't just be so, um, I, I guess, binary and, and thought that, okay, every day is going to be steady, happy, or every day is going to be depressed. So now I just kind of compare it week over week. So now for me for recovery, I now know that I'm a lot stronger this week than I was last week versus saying, you know what? Today, I'm not as strong as I was yesterday because that can happen. You can have soreness. You can have a lot of things or like in life in general, you can have a bad day, right? Some of our yesterdays are better than our todays. That's just how it goes. But breaking it down into the segment of a week by week, that has kind of helped me um, manage not only my recovery, but also just work and personal life too. I don't get too, too stressed out. So Cam, what kind of things do you do to help with stress? Um, well, music's another one of them, I guess. A lot. Well, I've been doing the, the gallon challenge, if you will. That's the gallon of water. I, I've been terrible about hydrating myself like a normal person should. So that's one thing that's actually helped a lot with my stress is just drinking more water. I know that sounds so basic and remedial, but most people do not drink enough water. And that has helped a lot with, with, with just some of my daily aches and stuff. And you just feel more energized when you're hydrated. So Cam, what or who inspires and motivates you to do what you do? The who that inspires me is really the expectation that I have of myself. I want to be proud of myself, but I hold myself to such high standards that it's almost like I'm not always obtaining what I feel my potential is, which is kind of like a pro and a con, if you will. But ultimately, Every action that I have now in my personal life, professional life, I want it to be setting me up to where my future kids would be proud. Having that as, as what motivates me and what you know pushes me to be a better individual, not just for self-fulfillment and for self, but for, for my future family. I mean, obviously, you know, the lymphedema community, that's what, what keeps me going. When your kids look at you, what kind of person do you want them to see i would just say resilience because resilience uh for me 
is is uh, encompassing of a lot of things. You have to have a good sense of humor, right? Because it's very easy to get down in the dumps. But you know, sometimes I just I laugh off things that are at my own demise, right? You have to have that sense of humor of yourself, uh, especially to laugh at others too. So um, resilience involves having the humor. It involves a work ethic. It involves um, appreciation. Uh, so if, if that's anything that I'm, I'm seen as um, from my children or really anybody, I, I want them to see me as a resilient individual. I think they definitely, definitely will. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> okay, then. So you want your future kids to feel proud of you and to, to feel to know the resilience in you. So what does what does success mean to you then? Success to me is sustained happiness. Right. And I'm not putting monetary value to that um, because to me, the whole part is the sustainment, the sustainability. That's hard. Right. I mean, there could be couples. Oh, they're good together, but their relationship is not sustainable. It's not going to last. They may have its peaks and, and, and valleys and whatnot, but, it, you know, it will never last or, or, oh, you're interested in this hobby now, but it's not going to last. So to me, success is is attaining that sustained happiness um and how does that look uh i mean i don't want to sit here and 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 say oh it's it's the wife that looks like this who does this or it's these kids who look this way or i'm doing this or i'm doing that but um i just hope whatever dynamic it is because my life has been very random and weird so i have to just expect the unexpected i just hope that whatever transpires will be again one that um that my family and my my kids and, and my community are proud of. So in terms of that sustainability then, how do you know now, what is the feeling, if you can describe the feeling of knowing now that you're in alignment, that you are fulfilled, how does that feel different to maybe what you were doing before? Well, uh, I'll put it in, in professional terms. So, for example, before I got into the line of work that I'm doing now in the, in the lymphedema community, um, I was in advertising, right? I worked for um, some large advertising agencies in Los Angeles. I did that whole thing. I worked on large national accounts and, and, and did that whole bit where I was putting in 14, 15 hour days. And at the end of the day, I was just exhausted. And I was like, not excited to go to work the next day, or I didn't feel that even if I did the absolute best job I could at, at that particular position, that it would be making a positive difference in a person or the world around me. So when I had that uh, actualization and uh, compare it to to what I'm doing now with that that constant fulfillment of, of this being my 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 purpose my passion and profession it, it was night and day I, the discernment was so clear that I, I made the right decision now how do we predict sustainability it's tough you can't I don't I don't think you truly can I mean I think you can be optimistic about it how does it feel to you and what does it mean to you to be able to help others in general and especially in the lymphedema community as well? You know, for me, a single day uh, working with the patient opportunity to make someone else's day better, um, it, it can make you just in turn happier. So for me, my, my job is not easy. Believe me, not every day is glamorous. There's days where I just kind of beat my head against the wall and, 
you know, have to remind myself, hey, it's for the patients, it's for the patient. But I think it's just, again, kind of having that anchor to know what, um, what it is that makes you happy, what it is that fulfills you, holding on to that as long as you can, and, and hopefully it doesn't change too much. Definitely a theme that we're seeing that people gain the greatest fulfillment from passing it forward and from keeping that sort of progression progression moving forward all the time. Um, so that's so great to see that you do that in such an impactful way. And I'm sure there's lots of people that super, super appreciate the, the work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Cameron. So cool. No, we, we need to do this again. Better yet, I need to make a, a trip out there. So I've, I've never been to Europe at all. So I need to, I need to make it across the seas for sure when this world gets a little bit more normal.